This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Anthony Reich, Bokertov, good morning. How are you? Bokertov, um, as the war progresses, we are given a, a little bit of insight into some of the behind-the-scenes operations going on uh, both in Gaza, uh, also in Judea and Samaria, and of course um, on the northern border. We didn't even have a chance to talk about the significant uh, terror event that took place on Thursday soon after um, I'd spoken to you, Howard. There was a major terror mm-hmm. um, incident that took place just on the outskirts of Jerusalem where um, terrorists tried to um, attack uh, people who were there and uh, soldiers became involved. Unfortunately, one of our soldiers was shot and seriously injured, ultimately died of his injuries. Um, there were other soldiers who were also quite seriously injured. But um, the bottom line of the story was that when eventually um, they managed to neutralize those terrorists and had a little bit of a rumble around the belongings that they had and the vehicles they had, um, then it was obvious that a major terror incident had really been uh, prevented because those guys had come very, very heavily armed with lots and lots of arms and ammunition. And most tellingly, in their um, packs, in the the, the packages that they uh, were carrying with them, there were dates, the fruit dates were packed mm. um, because dates are a food that they can eat to give them sustenance. They're easy to carry. They don't go off um, and they give a lot of energy. And so they had obviously come prepared, ready to carry out an attack that was potentially going to take some time. Uh, and they were they were ready for it, both in terms of um, the arms that they were carrying and as, as well as carrying food with them, which is a, quite an unusual thing to find in the package of these terrorists, quite some quite seri- senior individuals um, within Hamas and Palestinian as Islamic Jihad. So that was a major incident, and I don't think we really appreciate sometimes how significant these um, preventative measures are until we think about the attack that took place on October the 7th. And, you know, we might, in the event that we might have prevented that, they would have said, well, that was a major incident that would have been avoided. But we don't really appreciate the extent to which similar incidents might have been planned in the past, something along the same scale or similar scale, but be prevented due to um, our um, soldiers and security forces being on alert as opposed to what happened on October the 7th mm, when they mm, weren't mm. so well prepared. Um, so I think we need to just recognize and give credit to the work that is done. Um, one of the other things that I just wanted to um, talk to you about was a, a report that was published recently about discipline of IDF soldiers while in Gaza because apparently mil- military discipline does apply 
to soldiers even when they are on the battlefield in Gaza. And there were some reports about a number of soldiers who had been disciplined for failing to adhere to military mm, discipline. Mm, mm. And military discipline is there not only uh, in order to keep people behaving properly, but also obviously to prevent soldiers from unnecessarily putting themselves at danger. And so there were reports about a number of soldiers who'd been disciplined for various offenses that committed in Gaza. And I just wanted to put this into some context for you. The first group of soldiers were disciplined for playing soccer um, in an open area hmm. while in Gaza. And the reason that they were disciplined was that that was considered to be dangerous, putting them in unnecessary uh, danger, in danger right. while mm. while playing soccer out in the field. Another group of soldiers was disciplined for swimming in the sea off the coast of Gaza for a similar reason, because it was felt that they'd put themselves into unnecessary danger um, while in Gaza. Um, a, a soldier was apparently disciplined for spraying graffiti on a building in Gaza. Now, I don't think that that was about uh, putting himself into danger, but more about appropriate behavior against belongings, which even though there's a lot of uh, destruction that's going on in Gaza, but it's not deemed appropriate for soldiers to be spraying graffiti on buildings in Gaza. Um, But the one that really took my attention was one soldier was disciplined for bringing a tree from Israel and planting it in Gaza. Now, I don't know why he would have been disciplined that and why that was an offense. Yeah, wow. That apparently was the reason why this particular soldier was disciplined. Usually the most basic discipline is like um, not being able to go home over Shabbat when Mm. the rest of the Mm. unit goes home. That's usually the most most basic punishment that's dished out or potentially two or three Shabbatot that uh, the rest of the unit go home and, and those soldiers are required to stay in base. I'm not sure what punishments were issued to these individuals, but it just kind of does put into some context the fact that even though they're out on the bat- battlefield, there are certain rules that, that are Well, maybe even um, more so. Maybe even more so, because if you don't have very stringent rules, then really anything can happen. These are a group of younger and maybe some older, but young guys away from families, not living under normal conditions, heightened uh, testosterone, adrenaline, all sorts of things that uh, that discipline is probably one of the most important, important aspects here. All agreed. Mm. Absolutely. All right. So what uh, are the latest uh, updates that we have from Gaza? So the main focus of yesterday's report, first of all, let me start out by saying that um, central Israel came under a massive barrage of rocket fire yesterday at around six o'clock in the evening. Many, many parts of um, central Israel, um, people found themselves in bomb shelters. We had a lot of rocket fire from the north, and I'm going to talk separately about the north. We've had a lot of rocket fire. Yesterday was a very active day in the north as well. Um, But in terms of what's happening in Gaza, obviously there is still the ability to fire rockets. And I think yesterday I got at least a sense of why that's still the case. Because um, our Golani Brigade led soldiers into the Zaytun neighborhood of Gaza City, where they encountered a lot of resistance in the form of Hamas um, operatives, Hamas terrorists, Hamas fighters um, in the Zaytun neighborhood in and amongst the civilian people. Um, and there were quite fierce battles that were waged yesterday within Zaytun. So when you see 
how many people are still operating, how many terrorists are still operating within that area. And it just doesn't seem to end. In other words, even though we've seemed to have got quite good control over most of the northern part of the Gaza Strip, there is still a lot going on further south. And Gaza City, to be fair, is also relatively north, and there's still a lot of work to be done uh, within Gaza City. So quite a lot of reports coming out of Zaytun about um, how the Golani soldiers were encountering terrorists um, being protected by civilians, hiding behind children in groups of five and ten, hiding in schools, hiding in mosques, and making sure that they're mingling amongst uh, uh, the civilian population as much as they can in order to use them as human shields. And so a lot of challenges for our soldiers in Gaza to try to eliminate the right people because none of our soldiers have any interest to uh, get the civilian population involved. Um, and yet, unfortunately, the civilian population are being involved whether they wish to be involved or not um, because Hamas are using them as, as protective uh, barriers. So a lot of fierce fighting yesterday in Zaytun. Um, we understand that one of the units of our soldiers went into a mosque uh, in that area, found a staircase going down the stairs and under the ground found a rocket production facility in the mosque in Gaza. And that kind of ties in with so much information that we've received about um, not only terror activities in schools and in civilian buildings in, in apartment buildings. Lots and lots of intelligence received about exactly what goes on in the hospitals. Um, we've received a lot of um, uh, information from interrogations that have taken place about how Hamas have been hiding themselves in hospitals, dressed up as medical staff, um, forcing medical staff to hide them away. Um, one uh, report suggested that there were more than a 100 Hamas fighters, Hamas terrorists operating in the Shifa hospital. We also saw yesterday a lot of focus around the Indonesian hospital where IDF tanks were drawing up closer and closer outside the, the Indonesian hospital and uh, orders have been given to evacuate that hospital. We understand that um, mosques and schools and other civilian facilities are all being used for the same purposes. So our, our IDF soldiers are encountering a very, very difficult situation within the cities. And fighting in these city battles is not a simple exercise. Obviously, um, Hamas knows those areas extremely well. Our soldiers are at something of a disadvantage as they go around the cities, um, not only trying to avoid the civilians, but also getting to know their way around the nooks and crannies in the city. So there was a lot of fierce fighting yesterday. Unfortunately, the announcement of the deaths of some of our soldiers, mostly from the Givati Brigade, another, we're up to now 68 soldiers who have been killed since the ground invasion, which is two and a half weeks away, two and a half weeks ago, I'm sorry, and already we have 68 soldiers who have been killed. Unfortunately, it has been reported that some of them were killed by friendly fire, which really goes back to the whole discipline issue and makes us understand why discipline is such a critical Absolutely. issue. Communication and discipline really needs to be at its tightest when we're going through these mm. um, very, very difficult times. But we do understand that the babies from the Shifa hospital were evacuated using the Israeli-provided incubators. They were moved south 
towards the Egyptian border, and we understand that most of them have now been transferred across the border into Egypt safely in those incubators to be taken care of in Egypt, at least for the time being, while the IDF gain access to the terror infrastructure that clearly is housed in and around the area of all of the Gaza hospitals. And one of the points that was made yesterday, which I just wanted to share with listeners, because I think it is an important point. There was a point that was made that, well, the terrorists were being humanitarian by taking hostages to the Shefa hospital. Now, the point that was made was that in order for the terrorists to get those hostages to the Shefa hospital, they would have had to have passed another two or three hospitals along the way. So Shefa hospital wasn't the first natural point port of call for people coming from the Israeli border who were injured and needed hospital treatment. And so the only explanation that we can provide as to why they went to the Shifa hospital was because that was where the Hamas headquarters was based. And that is why those terrorists wanted to take everybody and anybody, whether they were injured or not, to the Shifa hospital, not out of humanitarian uh, requirements or not because they were being um, extremely kind to people who were badly injured and needed medical help, but because that's where Hamas headquarters were based, and that would be the obvious place for them to go to. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, I was uh, attacked on social media yesterday by people like Mags Naidu, who's uh, an ANC supporter, and said it was the most humanitarian thing to do. We're better to keep the hostages, Howard. So I said, well, why are we discussing where to keep them and the fact that not the fact that they took them? You know, what do you want? He said, I said, I want them not to have been taken. Uh, it, 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 it was like a, a, a madness, these, these types of, of, of conversations. What is the latest with the hostages? Well, lots and lots of reports coming out saying that a hostage deal is a lot closer. And it's interesting that these reports are coming mostly from the United States and from Hamas themselves, who are putting forward the view that some sort of a break in hostilities has been agreed in exchange for um, returning some of the hostages. What's noteworthy is that Israel Radio, not yesterday but the day before, said no hostage deal is close. And I have a tendency to believe that there is no hostage deal that's currently almost about to happen, even though the American administration mentions it at every opportunity. And President Biden was even quoted saying that he understood that a hostage deal was very close. We also I also read a report that Ismail Khania, who apparently is in Qatar at the moment, had met with a representative from the International Committee of the Red Cross, who said they're not involved in brokering a deal, but they would obviously facilitate the transfer of hostages if a deal had been done. And Ismail Khania was quite eager to put forward the notion that a hostage deal was imminent. I think he is also, not also, but most importantly, trying to send a message that there's going to be some sort of a break in the hostilities. I don't really see that happening. I can't imagine that Israel at this stage, with all the idea of soldiers that we have in Gaza, would agree to a hostage exchange right now. I think that they are more inclined to just push forward and keep the battle zone going and ultimately get to wherever the hostages are, dead or alive, whatever their situation is, uh, and to somehow bring them back rather than to be forced to negotiate, to give up something mm. in order to um, return the hostages. Having said that, the Prime Minister yesterday met with members of the families, members of families of those who've been kidnapped, and he um, reiterated that Israel's highest priority is to return the hostages home. 
I think everybody in Israel would agree with that. There is nobody here who would say that there is less importance at the moment in terms of returning the hostages. I think that is of paramount importance, um, along with the safety and security of our soldiers who are in battle. Um, so the hostage issue is clearly still out there. The yellow ribbons are out. The yellow bracelets are out. Um, and the pictures of the hostages displays everywhere. It's, we can't go anywhere in Israel without being uh, being advised, being reminded of the importance of the hostages and bringing them home. Indeed. Before I let you go, the north. What is uh, what is happening in the north? So a lot of activity in the north, and it was quite ironic that um, we understood that um, um, the U.S. Special Envoy Amos Hochstein was in Israel yesterday to talk to the Israeli government about trying to prevent, as he put it, an outbreak of further hostilities of violence with Hezbollah on the northern border. Well, I would suggest it's too late because for those people who haven't been following what's going on in the northern border, there have been more than a thousand rockets fired from Lebanon over the last six weeks. And yesterday was no exception. Most of the missile sirens that the Israelis were receiving yesterday were coming from Lebanon rather than from Gaza. And in fact, there was a missile that even hit a military base in the north of Israel yesterday. Miraculously and very fortunately, nobody was injured in that attack, but it was quite a serious attack mm. and created quite a lot of damage at that military installation on the northern border. So we do have a lot of hostility on the northern border right now. And if anybody um, didn't have Gaza as a distraction, I would say... We do have a war on the northern border in and of its own right without any reference to Gaza. So Amos Hochstein coming in trying to so-called prevent a further outbreak of, of violence with, with Lebanon, I think with Hezbollah, I think it's too late already. Um, there is a war on the northern border in its own right without any reference to what's going on um, in the south. And our soldiers are fighting bravely and there's a lot of activity going on to retaliate against Hezbollah, to destroy their infrastructure inside Lebanon, lots of incursions into Lebanon. And I think that that's only going to get more more as the days move ahead. Anthony Reich, thank you as always. It is 8 o'clock. We'll catch Anthony tomorrow morning once again for the Israel Report at 7.45. That Israel Report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.